you think you've heard it all? You haven't. Peace Love Podcast brings you more OMG, wait, what moments? My life has been so dramatic and traumatic. I take a humorous look at it, and each week we will discuss with fun and laughter, full-out mental health. I go there. I talk about being flawed and fabulous. So guys, let's get fabulous. Hey guys, welcome to Peace Love Podcast. This is Marnie, and we are on Season 2, Episode 4, The Ego Wants What the Soul Needs. Think about that. The ego wants what the soul needs. And when I learned to tell the difference from that, I hit rock bottom, basement bottom, 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 bottom of silence of the lamb and the bottom of the household depression to sparkling right now with sunshine, sparkle, survival, and talking to you fabulous people for listening. So there is so much that I want to say, and I only do these episodes in 30 minutes because I don't want to lose any of your attention. So I just have to give a shout out to anybody that's clicked play and listened. I have no idea how many listeners I have. I'm doing this. Here's an example for my soul, not my ego. It's not about how many likes, how many anything. This is purely done because it's therapy for me sitting here sharing my experiences so you guys don't have to go through any of the pain, the growing pains that, uh, growing pains, I have had, uh, I've been a dishem- a like, um, I don't know, crumbled apart a million times, but you can bounce back from whatever you're going through. And I say this so much, I promise Promise, promise, promise from the core of my bones, you are being placed exactly where you're supposed to be right at this second. Even if you missed a red light, you were supposed to miss that red light. If you're running late, you were supposed to run late. Things happen and it's out of our control. And so many times we let our emotions get the best of us and we're rushing and this and why isn't my hair working and, you know, I don't want to be late and... I have learned to just breathe and go with the flow because everything has a way of working out. I was not supposed to do this episode yesterday. I'm not supposed to do it tomorrow. For whatever reason, the right here and the right now is where we're supposed to be. And when I started to understand the difference between soul and ego, How about those um, YouTubers, the famous influencers and their internet sensations? They're not talking about their favorite lip gloss because it changed their life and it's the most important thing. They're doing this to look and how many likes are they getting and how many viewers and how many this. So their validity in life and how they love themselves It's not stick coming from within. They're not staying true to who they are. So when they don't get that many views or people are starting to insult them, and I have to tell you, the best effing feeling is when you could truly, with heart, mind, body, soul, not give a rat's ass what people think of you because a lot of bullies are out there and somebody told me once and I think I said this in an I probably posted this it's none of your business what people think of you 
It's none of my business what you think of me. I don't care. I'm just doing my thing right here, right now, loving this moment, being able to talk about mental health, how mental health is so crucial. And, you know, it's funny when you used to go to school or when you go to school, you have to show them, okay, doctor, I went to get my vaccinations, not this vaccination, but, you know, the other ones to show our checkup. I think um, there needs to be a new rule, everybody. We need to make sure the child's mental health is checked up. In my neighborhood where I live, and I'm going to go back to ego and soul, but I am in St. John's, which is right near Jacksonville, right outside of Jacksonville. A 13-year-old beautiful cheerleader, Tristan, um, she was murdered. She was murdered by a 14-year-old boy. She was stabbed to death. So, I know. There are turquoise ribbons throughout my neighborhood, my subdivision. It is that close to home. And that boy was doing a peace sign in the police car. Now, he's being charged as an adult, I think, but that's neither here nor there. It starts at home, parents. It starts at home. The warning signs are always there. And I went on like Facebook, NBC, Nightly News or something, and I was talking about something. And I'm like, parents, get your head, heads out of the friggin' sand. Stop being an ostrich. Pay attention. The warning signs for more than two weeks. Are they in their room? How is their schoolwork? Are they going to school? Have they started um, being more social and not coming home or not leaving? Anything that's, I never say normal, out of the typical range, ask them, are you okay? They're, the suicide rate is up. It's, I don't even know the statistic as of today, but asking somebody if you think they're suicidal, it's not going to make somebody suicidal. So please, if you see something, say something without judgment, without judgment. There is so much trauma and so much of these triggers that you're not even aware of. So I think mental health needs to be introduced to children in kindergarten so they can grow up having a healthy version of who they are and not comparing. And this is the biggest, most passionate pet peeve I have. Everybody, listen, alert, whoop, whoop, alert. Stop comparing your life to other people's world on social media. They are showing you their highlight trailer reel of what they want you to see. I'm not putting a picture of me. When I first wake up in the morning, I blow out my hair and put my lashes on. But I don't wake up, you know, I am a mess. So what you people see, the grass is not greener. It's fake grass. It is not real. Look in your own mirror, in your own backyard, holding your own ice cream cone and don't compare how many sprinkles your next door neighbor has because it is only about you. That is it. If you were to look in an empty room right now, that's how many people pay your bills. That's how many people call you every day. All you have is yourself. And as this journey I've been on for probably five years now, the self-love and that I, I, all the time I protect 17-year-old Marnie, which in a day or so is actually the anniversary, the 34-year-old anniversary of the asshole um, uncle I have, Jerry Blair, who threw me out 
of my grandmother's funeral. I did not have a car because I was ripped from it. Okay, physically ripped from it. Can you hear how I'm getting myself um, a little agitated talking about that? Okay, so I am aware right now how loud I could have gotten and how much more passionate. And that's where some of my healing has come in when you pause before the reaction. My ex-husband, oh God, if I would tell you the sky is blue, he'd look and go, no, maybe it's a light aqua, but no, not blue. I mean, constantly, and I would get aggravated and argue and argue. And I'm like, all I'm doing is infesting my friggin' body. What am I doing? I wasted years having to have the last word, having to be right. You know what the right is? Peace. Peace inside your body. That's what's right. Also, guys, I just want everybody, if you have a pen, if you're driving, thank you for taking me along with you. But if you are in a crisis, it is a crisis-free confidential hotline. Text 741-741-NAMI. Text that. And somebody will get right back to you. If you are suicidal or if you know somebody that might be suicidal, if anything that you think could use a hotline, 800-273-8255. Reach out, please, guys. You don't understand. I am, oh, goodness, we're just going to say I'm stuck at a teenager, but chronologically 51. And I guess I have been around the sun 51 times and I'm supposed to be here because I should have been knocked out years ago. Years. I shouldn't have made it all of these laps, but apparently the universe and God want me here. So I'm going to talk about depression that we are all experiencing one way or another. Our lives were shaken up over, God, it's amazing. I cannot believe I was living in Aventura, barely married, well, going through a divorce. Wow, it's crazy how time flies. But here's an example of my depression at just um, 2019, I'm going to use that year, 2018 actually, I'm sorry, and how severe it got for me and how I don't want this to happen to any of you. So I found out in 2018 that I had chronic lymphocytic leukemia, which was a complete shock. It was a random blood test. I did not wake up in the morning thinking, okay, I have to go have an MRI or a scan. Like, no. So this was what? Leukemia? Excuse me. Am I hallucinating? I thought you just said leukemia. So after finding out that I had that, I did not need medication. I did not need treatment. I was stage zero and I would just go every three months for blood work. But finding out you have leukemia is pretty shocking. Okay. So after the two weeks finding out I was not staged, after that, my ex-husband basically was like, okay, um, back to life. That was me clapping up, up. Like, um, I, I, I can't. He's like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. He said you just, it's watch and wait and you will be fine. Can you please not just be depressed? Oh, I'm sorry. Then um, I was told you cannot lay out in the sun anymore because they don't know what came first. I guess like the chicken or the egg, was it the skin cancer that causes leukemia or leukemia that causes skin cancer? Okay, not laying out in the sun. I am a born and raised Miami girl. 
my therapy, my happy place when my children would be away for the summer and sleepaway camp, or even if they were home, but floating on a raft in a pool is heaven. And all I fought for, I must have chanted and manifested it and mantrad it to death. All I want is a house in the suburbs with a pool. So I got my house in the suburbs with the pool. Did those physical things make me happy? Temporarily when I laid out, but once I went inside, um, no, I wasn't happy with myself. So material things will give you that instant um, fix, like a drug, like food, but um, it doesn't, those possessions don't talk to you, don't hug you. Don't let you lay on a floor crying in a fetal position and say, get the fuck up. And I can't stand looking at you divorced. I used to hear shame. And I write about this in my book. Before I was diagnosed at 47 with everything, I remember I remember being on the phone with the Apple guy. And I used to say, talk to me like I'm in kindergarten. I'm overwhelmed. So he started to explain gigabytes and all of these megabytes, gigabytes. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, slow. I just can basically push, turn this on and update a status on Facebook. So I looked at my ex-husband. I'm like, can you talk to the guy? And he goes, God damn it. And screamed at me because I could not figure out how to navigate my way with the tutorial with the Mac person. You're following? That was just a one morning of a second. That was nothing compared to everything that I lived through. Now, I'm not blaming, not blaming. I'm blaming, I am taking accountability and blaming myself for years, never getting my head checked and keeping up with my mental health after, you would think, after my 17-year-old self, after my 19-year-old self from being physically beaten the shit out of, ugh asshole mark Ugh. and i i still mark amarant you're a friggin' asshole i say your name because if i ever saw you i would scream it in public i was your human punching bag okay so now i can't i'm gonna go back to my depression so now when i find out i can't lay out in the sun anymore i have leukemia i'm mourning the loss of my um my healthy body i have no support i have no friends by choice i had a bazillion, I still do, acquaintances, but I never wanted to let myself get close to anybody. So the one day I went into my bedroom and shut the light and took a Xanax and probably got stoned off my ass, um, it took one day that turned into a week, that turned into two weeks, that turned into a month. I didn't leave my bedroom. I think I emerged for the little bit of food which I barely ate because I look at pictures of myself and I was really friggin' skinny. So I was just laying in bed. I wouldn't talk to people. I wouldn't fucking move. I did hang out with, um, you might know some of them. Their names are Yang, Karev, O'Malley, Gray, and Stevens. I started to watch this show called Gray's Anatomy over and over and give me the epi and Christina shoe and the Elvad wire and oh Mark and Lexi and oh my goodness they were my world I would cry I would when my ex-husband would come home and we didn't talk my bathroom was a nice size so it started out with me laying on a towel 
and then I wanted to get comfortable. So I brought in a little throw pillow. Then I got a little chilly. So then I made it. It looked like bed, bath, and beyond by the time I was done. I lived either in the bathroom crying on the floor or arguing with my ex-husband if it's um, aqua or teal. Like wasting stupid energy on that stuff. So my self-esteem is there was none. I never loved myself. I would put myself together, but I looked good as I could possibly look, but I never had, um, I needed to be validated. I always had before I left, which I have the perfect nails and was my makeup, makeup perfect. And now I know there's no such thing as perfection, but I'm imperfectly perfect. But I grew up saying, you're not going to be loved if you're not thin. When I lost what was it? 70 something pounds when I was 20 years old. So I lost 70 pounds when I was 20 and I was 200 pounds each time I gave birth. So I had gained 80 pounds with each pregnancy, but here's the start, rev up the engines of my eating disorder. I was told, um, when I was 20 that I was chubby, like, okay, I can look in the mirror, but thank you. So I decided to start starving myself. And at 20, my metabolism was just off the friggin' charts. I ate a Slim Fast bar for breakfast, a Slim Fast bar for lunch, and I would go to the sushi restaurant on 441 by California Club. Anybody from North Miami Beach remembers that. And I would have like sushi, like little pieces, and that was it. I was, here's an ADHD symptom I didn't realize I had. I wouldn't take a morsel bite of any other food and I had to go weigh myself at this um, supermarket extra their scale every week and when I saw it going from the 170s clearly food I was using for comfort at that point again not looking back it's so obvious like I am textbook of all of these things and yet wow I never even realized it and so Every week I would go to weigh myself and I would watch it going from the 160s to the 150s. And I wore jeans for the first time. And when it got to 120, I'm like, oh my God. So now everybody in my family is like, we love you. Yes, we embrace you now. You're one of us, my people. You're our people now. Oh, but they didn't love me all chubby. And then I talked about, I think in my last episode, my mother who always freaking hated my hair I had really cute curls, Shirley Temple curls when I was a little girl. She didn't like them, so she put a hair straightener in my hair. So I don't even know why I hated my hair, but I was always told to just hate your friggin' hair. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. So now my self-worth, I have none. I basically, the shit I put up with, the thought of that today Like I actually, somebody had the audacity and the nerve. I've known somebody basically my entire life from Miami and he called me, we were just talking as friends and you know, he's like, you know, you're kind of cool. And he was like vibing. And then he wrote saying, um, but I'm not, it was nothing romantic. It was just friends. But then he goes, I just want you to know, I kind of met somebody, but I'd like to hang with you, but it would have to be a secret. Like fuck you. Like really, dude, like you're lucky I'm even talking to you. Don't insult me. Girls, if anyone ever makes, has to wonder if it's between you and someone else, tell them to choose the someone else. You're not second choice. You are nothing 
but the star, you are not the co-star. Uh-uh. I'm like thinking to myself, um, I spent half my life or years in a friggin' affair. You think I would ever talk to anybody that would want to hide me? Uh-uh. Now that's why being in a relationship with myself is the best thing because I don't want to hide me. I want to shout from the rooftops. It's okay not to be okay. Reach out. You are not alone. If you didn't leave your bedroom, I hear you. If you had an eating disorder, I hear you. But you know what? Here's the thing. I used to do a lot of things because I knew I would only be loved and respected if I looked pretty. If I had, you know, half the time I look at people, I'm like, "Uh, chin up. Stop looking at my boobs. You know, there is a brain up here. But that depression, let me just tell you something. Can you just... It's remarkable that I'm sitting here with all these sparkle lights behind me that I will, um, not, I want to, and I can't wait to actually film myself doing this, but vanity caused my insanity. And I don't know why I'm journaling earlier, trying to figure out why have I not done this live more. And for some reason, I just, I don't know. I didn't think I looked fine. Maybe I gained a few pounds but not being true to who I am. So I am excited to start doing this the way I am supposed to. And, you know, self-worth. And when you love yourself, I promise, ladies, gentlemen, whoever is listening, you will not do things that disrupts your peace. And when I tell people sometimes being selfish, and when I say selfish, that's being um, with your time. If somebody asks you to do something, you don't have to be rude. You could just say, I'm so sorry, I'm not able to make it. But when you go, I have to do this. Now you go and you do it and you're in a bad mood. You're like, what? Just whatever, nothing. Just I'm having a crappy day. No, you shouldn't have a crappy day. Wake up every day that you're alive and you have a roof over your head. And I say that and it sounds so trivial and cliche, but I didn't know if how my health was going to go. I had a lymph node that was the size of a baseball, basically. And the pain was excruciating. Um... I didn't have a roof sometimes. I had to find places to live multiple times in my life when I even had a little girl to care for. So don't take those things for granted. If you woke up and you have a home and food in your refrigerator, you're friggin' blessed. Everything else are the sprinkles and the cherry and don't count other people's sprinkles. They could be loaded up on credit and don't have a dime to their name. You don't know what people have. You don't know what people go through. It's all perception. So a lot of people are getting depressed looking at what they think is real and it's not real. When I said my story two and a half years ago, people were like, no, no, you don't, you didn't live like that. No way were you depressed. No way do you have anxiety. Yeah. If I saw you when I was getting my mail and you made conversation, I started talking a lot and got all nervous and then I started to get made fun of, but that was huge for me going to the mailbox. Like it just engulfs me everything. And you know, it's even taking compliments, all the birthday wishes and so many kind wishes on my picture. And it's just so sweet. And I thank you. But when your own mother and father never wanted and or loved you, not my biological father today, but growing up, and not a family member wanted to help me as a young child, it really fucks with your self-esteem so bad. So the best part of me falling apart and going through all of this with my ex-husband, I had to break. Some of you have to go through all of these bad things 
I have a friend who um, channels their energy by um, their comedy. And well, actually, it's my friend Dean, who Dean Napolitano, who's such a funny, funny comedian. I was supposed to interview him on my birthday. I wanted to change the narrative and laugh when I used to cry. I've cried every birthday this year. I wanted to really have fun, do what I love best, which is sitting right here. There's some stories that we have. I used to audition him when I worked for TR and he was an actor. So um, we were, we have been friends. So I get ready to do the interview and I realize I don't have a place to plug in his microphone. Mind you, this dude drove two hours. He has enough on his plate, work, comedy, everything. And I just now, okay, I could have freaked out and started hyperventilating like crazy Marnie would have. Oh my God, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was just, I owned it. I said, I don't know what to say, but I am so sorry. And it was no big deal. And I rescheduled it and I'm excited to do that because you never regret a day in your life. You'll never say, God dang it, son of a bitch, I laugh too much. You'll never regret laughing too much. So even for that little bit of time, I got to laugh. So I was very depressed and I was not doing my podcast and listening to or watching Dean promote his podcast and using his comedy and going to comedy clubs and doing what he does best, that inspired me. Even if he didn't want to be there or not, you would never know, which I always think he does want to be on stage. I know I always want to be on stage. I think I even wrote in my book, I I did, that just give me a microphone and I can talk or dance for anybody for hours. So I was motivated by somebody doing what I wanted to do and it really works. So you don't, you guys don't realize that your everyday stuff, even that one post you make, that could mean the world to somebody. I post things, I post funny things, I post serious things, I post motivational things, but I do it for that one person that I know could hear it. And I have to tell you this story about humanity. I really do. Okay, I, this might come to a shock, but I am not your typical person. I was never your typical child, teenager, mom. I'm not typical. I stick out like a sore thumb thumb, and I would not compare myself to Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny because she's so brilliant. But if you can imagine her in the suburbs, I'm not comparing myself to her. She's a goddess and amazing, but I don't blend, okay? So, and people used to make so much fun of me for that. Like they would like, hey, Marnie, and like mock me. Like, let me take pictures of you. Can you pose that way? And I used to do it and they were just laughing at me. So that's where my ADHD and not knowing I had it and I lived in this bubble, I wasn't aware of, aside from my trauma, but the teasing that I endured. So as a little girl, Um, 10 years old. I talked about this last episode. I used to listen to Joan Rivers, her record album. So at 14, I am listening to, I talked about Star Search in my last episode. You want to hear how freaking cool manifestation weird, wonderfully weird this is? Sam Harris put on his, that's what happened, ADHD moment. I did a video um, the other day and I started to talk about this and I got sidetracked and somebody wrote, what happened with Sam Harris? So 
I don't know if you know him, but he was on Star Search in 1984, and he won the whole shebang. His cover and version of Over the Rainbow, O-M-G, Liza with a Z, not with a S. I think they're best friends, okay? So I have been a fan of his for, for since I'm 14 years old. I, I would get chills. I wasn't listening to Duran Duran, Wham. Well, I did, but I was more interested in Ed McMahon saying, give it up for Sam Harris from Oklahoma. Okay, now I see him in the 90s in Greece. Okay, Greece, uh-huh. Broadway Greece, listening to this man who has a voice. He was like my Kristen Chenoweth Idina of the 90s. Okay. Now I listen to Over the Rainbow every single morning meditating. It comes on my playlist every single day. So he has put something on Facebook for Charity Buzz. You could win an hour Zoom meeting with Sam. And it is to help the Leukemia Foundation. So get ready and start your bidding. So I made a nice substantial bet, bid, bid, bleh. I bid and then he, um, I was true, authentic Marnie fan girling out. So when he posted that, I said, oh my gosh, this is personal for me. I love you. I have been watching you since 1984. I listen to you every day. I have your book, Sam Ham. I, I mean, I am fangirling out. And then he writes, God bless you. And we will have so much fun. We will dance. We'll sing. We'll cook, you know, via Zoom, obviously. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Dance and sing. You mean I can act out those magic changes um, from Broadway that you performed? I am just, okay, here. I don't think about it. I just say, universe, it's in your hands. Because it's like when actors used to come in and you leave. And I used to do this a few times I acted. Yes, I was an actress and booked a few things. But you leave there and you're like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. It's out of your control. So we used to just waste our energy. So I leave it in the universe hands and I get an inbox and this angel Cynthia said, I was reading the back and forth between you and Sam Harris and I won the auction and I'm giving it to you. I know. Uh-huh. Is that not the, that is the sweetest thing anybody has ever, ever friggin' done for me. And now I'm like, well, we're doing this together. And I'm like crying, like, this is so sweet. And I'm pretending to cry right now. And it was just so, I was so choked up and touched. So we're going to be doing that um, next week. And I'm thinking, if you would have told my 14-year-old self that I'd be sitting here being able to do what I'm doing right now and now talking to Sam Harris all of these years later, my true idol, musical theater voice like an angel so I cannot believe I have the faith in humanity it's been restored I think I can actually say what um Cynthia did for me is absolutely probably the nicest thing so I am really really looking forward to that and Here's something else. You know, when I talked about ego or soul, there, I got sidetracked. I think I'm going to have to do a part two, ego or soul. My identity was Marnie being tan, being the fun, fabulous mom. And now I couldn't lay out anymore. Yes, you could get body tanning and stuff, but it was the whole therapy of just laying out and relaxing and listening to Boogie Wonderland or Blame It on the Sunshine or whatever I would do. 
And now that was taken away from me. And that was my identity. Oh gosh, why did I say it like that? Identity. I'm not trying to be Moira Rose. It was my identity, my whole package of Marnie. So losing that, it wasn't the fabulous Zumba dancer anymore. I, I couldn't move. I was so depressed and I was shamed. I was shamed. Get up. Look how you're acting. And then the rage. I, the next episode or the one that I do live that you guys can actually watch because one thing I will never do is ever talk about my girl, Brittany. I mean, I think I was the oldest person at the concert in Vegas, but, um, that, that poor delicious girl. Um, I know what that, when people would make fun of her, when she shaved her head with the umbrella, I didn't shave my head. Maybe if I didn't have hair issues, I might have, but in my old house, by the pool table, forget the rage when I broke the sticks, but we had these huge bamboo sticks as decoration. And when my ex-husband used to love to drive away and turn off his phone so I couldn't find him. Now I already have abandonment issues and I didn't know how to process properly. It's either I hate you or I love you. I'll either eat or I won't eat. So things that would normally not upset your average person, I could not handle. So when he would ignore me, um, turn off his phone, turn off his location, tell me the sky was not blue, I, I would lose it. There were triggers and I would beat the shit out of my pool table with the bamboo stick. And then I was called, look at you, you're an animal. We're going to call the police. Everything you're not supposed to do. Everything you're not supposed to do. I know now they were triggers. I didn't know then. So if you have to let it out, don't destroy your furniture. But if you do find something that you don't love that off that much, um, let it out. But don't shame anybody if you see somebody emptying. We're, we're human. We're not robots. We have emotions. I am human. I am learning more about myself and my PTSD or childhood PTSD and that is a symptom called borderline. It's all intertwined. I, at this actually moment, have a very hard time being not too clingy, trying not to grab onto friendships without thinking inside. Oh my God, we're best friends. I've, I was told by a friend of mine and you know, we've been friends a long time and he's super cool. He's like, I'm not being rude, but you're a little like much. And I'm thinking, am I like a big bear in the woods? And when you see a bear, you run and hide. So it's, um, I'm learning how to just go with the flow and, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to change who I am. That's who I am. I am a lot. I am Marnie. And I had a friend of mine, remember her saying the right person, you will not be too much for. And that really, somebody told me that in Zumba one day and it always sat with me and I think, well, I don't know what's going on with you, but in the meantime, I'm loving myself. But um, the person that's up there with me and has a personality, woo, like me, I'm here. No, I'm not promoting myself to go out. My daughter's like, what are you doing? I am not doing that, Taylor. I'm just trying to say I am going to stay authentic to who I am. And girls, ladies, please don't settle for breadcrumbs. You are queens. Adjust your fake crown. Uh Uh-huh. Put them on. I'm adjusting mine. And... Nobody is going to put you anywhere up on that pedestal. If you are deserving, like I know I'm deserving. If you're looking for somebody, since I'm on that theme, if they don't treat you like the greatest love of the ocean, Rose and Jack, 
Don't waste your time. We all see those red flags, but then we're like, no, we become my ex-husband. It's like we have amnesia all of a sudden. We're like, no, it's not red, but maybe it's a little burgundy. We avoid these red flags. Don't do it because you're going to end up disappointing yourself. I've been disappointed. I've had these red flags. I had a friend that I talk about, Stephen, who I was friends with um, when Taylor was three. And then recently, when I first, two and a half years ago, started Peace Love Marnie, he's in a branding business called The Brand Liaison. But the, the once a week, he would call me and make me laugh. I was like, oh, that's perfect for our friendship. No, it's not. Like, I settle for friggin' crumbs. And then it's like, uh-uh, girl, adjust your crown. Like, no. So it's just, I look at the growth I've made. And when I say self-love, think of your children. I think of, would I want this for Taylor? Oh, fuck no, excuse my language. If, if I think, you think I'd let you do that to me when I wouldn't let you come near my daughter? So that's why it's very empowering being on my own. I, for the first time, I don't have to answer to anybody. It's, it was supposed to happen when it did. I, you know, Jay and I, my ex-husband, we look at each other and go, how did we even last this long? Like we shouldn't have lasted like longer. Like we were at the finish line when it started, but we are able to laugh about it today. We both can look at each other and be like, oh, I'm so happy you're not married to me. Oh, I hear you. And it's very amicable that way. But, you know, it took a long time for me to speak fluent affirmation. Every day may not be good, but there is something good in every day. May your only pain be champagne. And if you're in sobriety, sparkling anything. But it's, it's every day I'm learning more and more about me with the people I encounter. And even if somebody is the rudest ass to you, take what it is from that. Whether I'm never going to talk to anybody that's like you, I will take that little bit of conversation we had and use it for my next step. But there is a reason you are placed where you're supposed to. When I moved from Hollywood, Florida to Aventura, when we sold our house, when I walked into this apartment and all around me, like a giant circle, was every traumatic event I lived through. I mean, I say this a billion times and I'll say it a billion more. And I think there's video. I'm like, I was beaten in that building. I was thrown out of that building. I was evicted from that building. I was punched the shit out in that building. But the universe wanted me to live there to show me everything comes full circle. What goes around comes around. The universe may knock you down, but I get up like a bitch and fight back. And it's just amazing because I know I've helped so many people and I do this because I don't want anybody not loving themselves. I don't want anybody spoken to thinking they should be ashamed for who they are. Nobody should be judging anybody because if you are, then please pray, pray for me so I could be perfect like you, perfect like you people that judge. Everybody look in the mirror. That is it. Be the best version of you. Like me doing this today, I'm a better version than I was yesterday. I'm a better version of what I was the day before that. And I know tomorrow I'm going to be a better version than I am today. And that's all that matters. I don't look at other people's um, posts who, or Facebook pages who do what I do to see or compare because then I'm losing out on my own joy. So if I'm looking at your ice cream cone thinking, why does she have more sprinkles? I want it. 
how, then my ice cream's going to melt and I'm going to be left with a sticky hand and no ice cream. So everybody just focus on just you. And when you live, here we go from ego to soul that I got completely sidetracked from, I'll do things just for the authenticity of doing it. And I talk about, and I'm going to talk about this when I interview Dean next week, how, you know, his comedy, what he does is pure therapy for him. That depression and change of life that we all experience, I think it's amazing that you can get up there and make other people laugh when we all have our own worlds to do with, again, deal with. So I always say, nobody ever regrets how much you laughed. Laugh as much as you can breathe. Put on, when I go walking now, I just lift, listen to different comedians. I walk through this wisteria lane on the outside, not the inside, although you never know what's on the inside, knee slapping. I crack up and knee slap as I'm walking. So now instead of dance walking, I laugh dance walk. I know. And for my NAMI walks that I should have been talking about more, but I will, I'm going to dance walk, make your own parade. You don't have to be full out flash dance the whole time, but you could add a little bit of movements to your walk and bounce. It's very cool. And if you say, oh, I don't want people, what, what are they going to think? Who are they? Why do we care? We don't don't care. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. I wouldn't be sitting here if I cared what anybody thought. If I wasn't authentically fangirling out over Sam Harris, I wouldn't be having a Zoom meeting with him next week. So stay true to who you are, guys. You're not alone. And it is okay not to be okay. Sing it, Demi Lovato. The bravest, most vulnerable thing you could do is say, I need to reach out. Something's not right. I am getting aggravated too much. I am edgy, whatever it is. So as I always leave it, I always, I see, I said in my last episode, I'm going to count how many times I say, I always say, I believe we would be really drunk if we did a shot every time you heard me say that. So don't let anybody dull your sparkle. Don't let anybody burst your bubble and you stay true to who you are don't let anybody disrupt your peace Uh uh-uh that is your temple that is your home and stay sparkling stay strong and we're all survivors i love you guys so much and please leave a review and you're going to hear me ask for a review in the outro thank you guys so much love and much 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 peace Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Peace Love Podcast. I hope you learned a little bit, hope you laughed a little bit, and please, if you can, subscribe and leave a review, possibly how amazing this episode was. Remember, stay true to who you are and never, ever let anybody dull your sparkle.